Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Gino's cheesesteak eating hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to look. Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what she eats from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz. And I mean, we are trucking along. It is Pride Month. Folks, I am still blown away that I am on Apple Podcasts uh, Pride Recommendations list under Passionate Voices. I mean, the the labor of love that is this podcast and the amazing and diverse stories that I get to hear and the amazing and diverse people that I get to meet and befriend on this pod have been so special uh, for this entire journey that now this like specific moment of just being recognized in this little way is just like really, really warms the cockles of my heart. And I really just can't get enough of... Um, of what I do these days, especially during this month. I mean, you know, we celebrate Pride here, and I sell, uh, and I say it all the time, you know, 52 weeks a year, 365 days a year. But you know what? In the month, in this month especially, it's just amplified that much more. And I'm just, I'm just really, really ecstatic about it all. You also may have noticed that there have been some ads popping up on the pod. That is thanks to the One Star Podcast Network that I am a part of. Y'all, don't be mad, but I need to start making some money, and it's finally going to start happening once this ball gets rolling and, you know, the companies start coming in. But the content is free, y'all. The content is free. And a 30 second, 30 seconds of an ad, I won't take away, hopefully, too much from what we are doing here. I think that's all the logistics of the day. You know, it's been it's been beautiful here in New York City, and I am super, super, super excited for today's guest. So I'm just going to get to the getting on. Oh, my God, before we get there, hopefully y'all like the Pride series. It took so much work to put that all together, and I'm really, really proud of it. Just having that collection of coming out stories and why representation matters, especially in the food media world, I thought was really, really important to me, especially this month. 
obviously. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoyed that out there. Slide into my DMs. Tell me what you thought. Don't forget to rate and review. And without further ado, please help me welcome. I'm really excited because we have been, you know, sometimes sometimes life just is hard and people's schedules are hard, mine included. And we have just been back and forth and back and forth. And finally... They are here with me, so please help me welcome the one, the only, Josh Moore. Say hi. Hey, so this is Josh. Um, I run a food Instagram account, Josh Eats Philly on Instagram, and I am so excited to be here right now. I am so excited to have you, Josh, but I'm sure the listeners already know all about (laughs) you because she is a (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we'll see. I feel like a lot of your listeners are probably from New York City, and I absolutely love the food culture in New York. Um, I can't wait to get back. I haven't been there since actually like February 2020. So I, you know, definitely get back up there to taste all the good things up there. But, you know, this last year, just doing the Philly food scene, kind of seeing a lot of things reopen, new restaurants come um, about, and it's been really fun and exciting here. Yeah, I and we can tell through your uh, through your Instagram and, and what you do. And I'm so excited to get there and so excited to have you here. But before we go anywhere, Josh, you know, in the grand tradition of in your mouth, especially during this Pride Month, I need to wish you happy National Fudge Day. Okay, we love that. Yeah. I love myself some fudge. Yeah. For real, though, like, um, especially out here, we have a lot of like small little markets and things like that. And you'll have some of these specialty fudge makers that will do some crazy things with fudge, like a, a mint chocolate chip fudge or a peanut butter fudge or something like that. And that's the stuff I'm all about. Like, I will say I could do without maybe some of the plain like milk chocolate fudge, but some of those like premium weird mixes are so good. Um, we even have like a bacon festival out here and there's like a bacon fudge you can get, which oh, yeah. sounds, sounds wild, but hey, smoky, salty, sweet, all the things. Have you ever had Black Forest bacon, by the way? Mm, I don't think so. Is so, that like a New York thing? Or? No, 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 no. I discovered it years ago uh, via like just going to a Whole Foods and they had it there and it's labeled Black Forest bacon because they... I don't know. They cure it a special way. I, it's just to, fancy. <laughs> TBH, I, I don't even know what's in it. I could be probably... It's just know, some uh, bougie bacon. It's okay. Yep, <laughs> for sure. And I've seen it in some other markets. But it is the most delicious bacon I have ever had. And you just reminded me of it because, you know... Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, now I have a craving for bacon. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I crave bacon pretty much all the time. Like, that's all one of time. my, like primary food groups, bacon. You know, but we're <laughs> off the bacon this month, you know, trying to keep that pride body in check. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I've been like following your Instagram. You've been posting all the runs you're doing every single morning. And I'm like, man, he's really getting that. He's doing his three mile run, his five mile run. And you're like keeping the consistency. And I love that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I started late. So it's going to be like, daddy, <laughs> da- you know what? Daddy bear pride, right? I turned 40 right. and- and they call me dad now. And I'm okay with it. You know, it's a little bit of the gay body dysmorphia of it all. Yes. But, uh, but, I'm, yes. Uh, but I'm okay with it. But we'll get there. We will get into all yes, of it. Yes, I have so much I feel to talk like, about with that. I feel like um, 
I feel like I only have fudge like once a year or something. Like if yeah. I go to like a summer town like mm-hmm. P Town and someone's handing out samples. Exactly. And then, it's like and a then I'm good. Thing. And then I'm good. Right. Which is which is a shame because there's so many amazing fudge makers out there. So if you mm-hmm. if you love fudge, you know what? On this National Fudge Day, go support your local fudge maker and buy it because right. I certainly I'm just taking a sample and <laughs> and keeping it <laughs> trucking because it's enough for me, even as a chocolate lover. And moving on to this day in gay history. Josh, did you know in 1992, just months after her Grammy-nominated album, Ingenue, is released, singer Katie Ooh. Lang comes out in a cover story published by The Advocate, setting off a that. year of U.S. media reports on the lesbian chic. I love that. And you know what's crazy? So, I guess, full disclosure, I was actually born in 92. So, same year I was born. So, that's almost 30 years ago now how different the media treated um, LGBTQ plus then versus now. Like now it's like celebrated. But if you look at like news reports, if you look at a documentary from like that era, it was just still so marginalized. It was just still so like an unusual thing. Like, oh my God, she's lesbian, what? And it's just so uncomfortable because that wasn't that long ago when you really think about it, like in the grand scheme of things, right? No, I I say that all the time about these little factoids that I give every week that our history, all these things didn't happen that long ago. Right, exactly. You know, it's within most of our lifetimes for for the most part. It's within like one generation, right? And it's like, even when you get to like the late 90s, which, you know, again, not that long ago, just the the vision and like the way people saw things in the world and in the media was like night and day from today. Exactly. And I, I'm, a, I'm just a hair older than you are. And I remember that, that, hair, gra- yeah. that Grammy performance of her singing Constant Crazy. Oh, my God. I, I lived for that Chills. Grammy performance. <laughs> Right, I lived for constant craving. Shout out to you, Katie Lang, and that like I, she wore a suit. I think to the Grammys, this like I love it. Such like, a trailblazer. Yeah, yes. I mean, shout out to you, Katie Lang, on yes. this day in this Pride Month. Where is Katie Lang these days? I should have looked that up. But you know what? Let's just get to the getting on and get to celebrating you today. In your mouth, listeners, if you didn't know, and you probably already do, Josh Moore is self-described as hungry since birth and is the beautiful person behind (laughs) Josh Eats Philly on Instagram. While you listen out there, folks, if you go to at Josh Eats Philly and you just start like scrolling through, I guarantee you, you will get Get very, very hungry. So Josh Eats Philly, which is basically a food porn collection of the best of Philly, um, his ever-growing passion for food and art is what inspired him to start his super popular page, which he uses to not only uplift others, but also bring awareness that representation matters and inspire young LGBTQ and BIPOC people to use their voices for their passions. Yes. yes, yes, that is what it's about. And I think what you just said, representation matters, right? Like when I kind of first started all of this years and years and years ago, um, when I would look at bloggers from like New York, LA, whatever, whatever, you know, I didn't see a lot of bloggers that look like myself. Um, and, you know, I decided, you know, let me just do this here in Philadelphia. Let me just, you know, start putting out really good pictures, really good content. 
And, you know, number one, showcasing what my city can do and the types of foods we have here. And also like showcasing that, you know, um, there are so many black owned businesses. There are so many LGBTQ plus owned businesses that, you know, deserve to have a voice and a highlight and a spotlight, you know, on Instagram and on these different platforms. So representation matters. And that's something that is so important to me. We talk about it all the time on the pod and in the Pride series that just finished for over the past two weeks. I started off with um, three amazing, four amazing people actually talking about exactly that. Because as I went back through old podcast episodes, it was like reading that like book you love, you know, and you go back and you just read it again. And you discover new things or going to watch that show that you love and you discover new things about it. I didn't realize, because I talk about it so much here, Mm -hmm. that my guests were also talking about it. And it was on the forefronts of their minds and their tongues. And, And it's important. It's important for people to see themselves represented it's especially in food media right especially yes. in in yes. the food world in food media in hospitality in in the food industry mm-hmm. in, in itself and and because it's a huge business it's a huge, it huge business it that is. you don't really yes. think about like you just don't really think about it. you're mm-hmm. like yeah i go to my favorite restaurant or oh i want to try something new tonight or oh my god i hate that place. <laughs> e- even if it's that the the options are endless. The options yes. are endless, and it's a vast world and a vast community that is not only male dominated, male dominated, but also um, very hyper masculine. And we talk about it, it all yeah. the time, all the time. So yes, thank you for that. But I want to start at the very beginning, right? You know, oh, hungry since a birth, honey. Yes. You know well, no, this is so good. Great transition, because I was actually just thinking that while you were talking, like, with representation and all that. So, like, let's backtrack to, like, when I was, like, younger, right? Very few, very little, like, LGBTQ plus representation, um, especially, like, in the mainstream media and things like that. You had a few people here and there, but it wasn't as, like, mainstream as it is now, Right. So, like, when you're growing up in, like, that context, like, the 90s, the early 2000s, and you don't see a lot of people that look like you or are like you and whatever that might look like, um, it's just hard to feel comfortable and have the courage to just, like, come out and be who you are when you don't have those types of role models to see, right? So, like, that's one thing that's been important to me is, you know, not necessarily being a role model per se, but just being, like, a person out there doing what I'm passionate about and, like, doing so relatively, like, unapologetically, right? So it's like, you know, if he can do it, you know, being me, I'm sure I'm sure there's kids that are like, oh, man, if he could do it, I could do it, right? And, you know, that's something for me that's so important because, you know, with my coming out story, it was a lot more difficult because I didn't have that those types of like role models right so I struggled so much in my childhood and even teenage years because I'm like oh my god I'm so different from everyone you know is something wrong with me which is like so toxic right to even have that thought I mean it's something it's absolutely something that I think a lot of us if not all of us kind of go through in wanting in wanting acceptance and in finding ourselves. But I wanted to pivot a moment just uh, just to the love of food and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, start, and start there. So we'll get to, well, it's pride, honey. <laughs> we will get to coming out. But, like, where did the love of food come from and, and this 
ever-growing passion that you have. You know, that's what that's what how I took hungry since birth. Oh, you know? for sure, for sure. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And yeah, love of food. My mom loved to cook. My grandmother loved to cook as well. My so my grandmother is my dad's mom. She's from the deep south, North Carolina. So we would you know, drive from where I was living in New Jersey as a child down to North Carolina to visit grandma. And, you know, we would just sit in the kitchen with grandma. She'd be making like, you know, all those Southern delicacies like hush puppies, collard greens, cornbread, fried chicken, like all these like super heavy dense foods. But it was so good. And, you know, you'd sit there, you know, around and she'd have this huge tub of lard and she would just be putting like spoonfuls of lard into Deli- everything she's delicious. making. Exactly. Delicious. Like, she swore by lard and butter, which is like so crazy to think about now. Listen, and, you know, the last yeah, time I is... saw a huge tub of lard was not in anybody's kitchen, is all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, my grandmother got me all into that. So. <laughs> but um, yeah, but I mean, that's kind of like where a lot of my passion for food started because. My grandmother was a really, really, really good cook. And my mom was also a good cook as well. So, you know, I'd sit and watch them cook. And I'm like, oh, man, this is, like, so cool. And, um, you know, kind of in addition to that, like, I would like to watch, like, the Food Network or whatever. But the funny thing is, like, because I grew up, like, in the suburbs, back, we're talking, again, late 90s, early 2000s, food in the suburbs consisted of, like, Applebee's, Chili's, Olive Garden, those sorts of things. So it's like I didn't really get to get a defined palette until like my college years, until I got older, just because we didn't have that much like access to like unique foods when I was growing up, which is completely fine. So, you know, once I got out of like the shell of the suburbs, you know, then I, you know, tried sushi for the first time and like Thai food or like authentic Chinese food, not just like what you get from, you know, some of the Chinese restaurants in the suburbs, which are more catered toward Americans, right? So, you know, once I was able to try more authentic foods, I was like, man, like, I really like this stuff. Um, you know, when you taste the seasonings and the herbs from different cultures, it expands your palate for one. And then it also like can educate you about some of these cultures in a sense as well. Like if you're you know willing to kind of like open your mind and your heart up to that as well. So that was something that really started blossoming for me in my like college years, more so than when I was a kid. But as a kid, I was passionate about food. It's just we didn't have, like, all the access to food that we have now. Like, I think nowadays I probably, like, let's say hypothetically I had children. I probably wouldn't take them to Applebee's, Chili's, or Olive Garden. No, (laughs) going back to to the options being endless, you know, for sure. And it's interesting uh, navigating that path, too. Because even myself growing up in a Puerto Rican household, and my mother cooked a lot as well, they were just staples, though. Absolute, mm-hmm. 100% staples, and delicious staples, albeit, but they were still just staples. And so oh, I once that, I yeah. started, once I started working in restaurants, and that's when my palate expanded. So I can totally relate because then I started coming home with like different types of foods, or I started cooking different types of foods. And my mom would say to me, where did you learn to eat like this? <laughs> I didn't teach you how to eat like this. But in turn, as my palate expanded, her palate expanded too. That's amazing. To things, to things that she had never thought of trying, you know, because mushrooms aren't a big thing in Puerto Rican cooking, you know? Like, oh, yeah. It's just not a thing. And so, <laughs> you know, so there are these like, these opinions formed that may not be fact-based, you know, about certain foods, mm-hmm. you know? That, it's like, like, oh, this is gross, even even though you've never actually tried it, like, which I totally get that too. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what inspired the Instagram of just, like, food all mania? The the, all the things, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Actually, let me, I want to first, like, kind of go back to your point with staples, because it's so funny you mentioned that. My mom would make fried chicken literally every single Sunday. So, like, it was a once-a-week staple. So, like, I, I want to be in your that, house. Like, I want to right. be. Right. <laughs> but, you know, again, like, you're growing up with these staples so you don't, you know, expand beyond that. Um, I would say, like, one of the first things I expanded, like, our kind of collective palettes. Um, I have an older brother. He uh, went to Japan and was there for, like, a long time. He was there for, like, I want to say a month or two. And when he came back, he was, like, super cultured, you know. He was, like, in Tokyo and all these other places. So he, want, he like, you know, introduced us to, like, sushi and um, a lot of different Japanese delicacies. And we actually found, like, a Japanese restaurant that was, like, really authentic close to us. So he took me and my mom there. And then we're like, oh, wow, like, this is pretty cool. You know, we're trying some other foods right now. And, you know, like I said, from there, it kind of just, like, expanded out for me. And then with my Instagram itself, like, how did it all start, right? So I was, like, an early adopter with Instagram. Like I opened my account in 2011 when like Instagram first started. Like back and when back when Instagram looked looked like an actual camera. Yes. And it's just so funny because back then with Instagram, it was all about these like heavily filtered, super moody pictures. And I was all about oh, it. Like oh, I was everyone was. Pictures. I love right. to I love <laughs> to do like a full swipe down of people's Instagrams. Right. Like and go all the way back, you know? All the way to, like, the cringe early pictures where it's, like, super filtered, super moody, and all that type of stuff. And I was doing that, and I was actually doing food pictures that were super filtered and super moody, and it was just, like, it was a little much. But it's but boudoir, um, boudoir photos? Right, right. It's like, this could be in a museum of this cheeseburger. It's like, nah, <laughs> nah, we're not doing that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I was already taking a lot of pictures of food because... Um, I was eating out like pretty much all the time, young adult, in my 20s, living in the city. And I w- didn't really think anything of it. It's like I just go out, snap a picture, post on Instagram because that's what everyone was doing. Um, and then my older brother was like, do you know like people actually do this like as a thing? Like there are people that are like Instagram influencers or taking pictures of food, really good pictures. And like it goes viral, blah, blah, blah. And again, this is like early on. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen people in New York and L.A. do things like this. But I haven't really seen that many people locally. And he's like, well, why don't you? And I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, why not? Let me just try this. So like, you know, I followed a lot of accounts from New York and L.A. And I was like, let me try to like do this style of like Instagram pictures and that type of thing. And like the style was like food porn, kind of like what you're saying. It's like the super cheesy cheeseburgers or the cookies or the cakes or this or that and you know kind of like finding my local bakeries local you know restaurants whatever that were doing things like this already but weren't getting the same type of recognition places like in new york or la we're getting and i just started doing it right it just kind of happened by accident you know i'm just out here going to different places paying for food and posting it online and then i started like gaining a following because i think people were really appreciating that type of content appreciating that it was like Philadelphia, so like local gear. And then I even got people from New York and DC following. So like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be in Philly next week. You know, let me follow this account and see what's going on in Philly right now. See what places I should go to. So it was like this snowball effect, this ripple effect of just like growing, 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 growing. And then it was like crap. I like went from like a thousand like maybe a thousand or two thousand with my like old moody account that I had had that was like super OG Instagram. To like what it is today with like all the like food porny type pictures. Yeah, 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 and it's and it's quite amazing. I mean, what just you know scrolling through, 
and just seeing the food scene. Because I've been to Philly before. I've spent a little bit of time in Philly uh, back in the day, but never, never in lived the there. In the, well, you know what? She's, an old, she, she's an old lady, honey. No. Because, so. <laughs> I mean, you could be saying back in the day as in pre-pandemic because that does feel like that was 10 years Oh, yes. Ago. <laughs> like 2019 <laughs> feels like a whole era ago, a whole century. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's quite amazing. <laughs> and to see your success is, is really, really beautiful. And just to hear your story about just, like, being out there and – you know, using your voice for your art and and to amplify your voice in the way you are is is really really beautiful. And in your mouth, listeners, I was talking to Josh just about because um, you all obviously can't see him. I get it, but he's wearing uh, this beautiful pride shirt, right? Because <laughs> it's Pride Month on in your mouth, and it says hey. black. It says black and proud in a rainbow and the trans colors. Actually, it's the inclusive flag. I can it is, see. Yeah. I, I miss the PR. There, Um, and we were just talking about the Target Pride merch line, which you were like (laughs) is on point. But I don't know. I don't know if you know the internet has had its day with the Target Pride merch line, especially that short sleeve rainbow blazer. No, that is so much. I'm like, so who's wearing this? (laughs) No, someone I saw a meme the other day that was like when straight people uh, take on Pride Month. (laughs) that meme is perfect you have to send that to me because no it's 100% what the target line feels like and it's actually a good thing you bring that up because I have like this own kind of like internal thing where I'm like I love the added like representation when you have like these mega companies that are you know throwing up the rainbow flag but then at the same time I kind of feel like it's, it's almost like they're taking advantage of us at the same time like it's like it's, it's a like, catch twenty two. The... It's a catch. Exactly. It's definitely a, exactly. a catch twenty two that I've talked about here as well. In the sense of, like, yes, me as a young person didn't see and didn't even really know what gay was and didn't see that right. represented anywhere. So, like, think about the young kids out there right now, or people, or anybody just questioning themselves and hearing exactly. all this negativity around them about it. Right, you walk into a Target and it's like pride. We love you. Love is love. Rainbows, this and that. Mm-hmm. That's important to see. But at the same time, and we're just using Target as an example here. For sure, no, yeah, yeah. No shade to Target, <laughs> right? Right now, at least. But what is Target doing in the background, right? What is AT and T doing in the background? What is any other company out there? throwing mm-hmm. rainbows on things, doing in the background for their people, for their employees, mm-hmm. for is there are there mental health service, are there transitioning mm-hmm. services, are there is there help in that way for people questioning or for their LGBTQ community or for people, you know, those services. A hundred percent, yeah. You know, and so and then so that's why it's a double edged sword. Right. And then also like of course support for their employees and people like that, but then also like there are like LGBTQ plus artists out there that are designing and creating things. And it's like, you know, what I would love to see is a target partner with someone like that that's already designing things saying, hey, can you design our pride line? You know, that way it's like, you know, we're benefiting the community, obviously. And then it still does benefit Target too. But you know what will happen? The kids will arrive at like three in the morning to line up uh, (laughs) outside of Target for the Target... The Target X Michael Kors 
collection or something. Right. And then they'll like sell like a RuPaul it. collection or whatever. Yeah, and then they'll sell it on eBay for like $3,000. And you're like, yeah. why am I paying $3,000 for right. a blazer from Target? You know? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you're right. You're right. Because it's like always like this whole double-edged sword. And I like have yeah. these conversations all the time as well. Because, again, totally am happy with representation. Yeah. Because... If I were, you know, like, let's say this was all happening 20 years ago and I was like a young kid, you know, seeing these things or teenagers seeing these things, I'd be like, cool, like, this is awesome. Like, I feel more comfortable with myself or whatever. But, you know, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, I can see kind of the corporate dynamic of it. And that part I don't really jive with. It kind of like makes me uncomfortable just because it's like, okay, you guys are making money on our plight. That doesn't seem to like feel good to me, you know? It's, it's, it's. Like I said, it's a it's a long and windy road, and hopefully mm-hmm. Target and all these other companies out there are doing the work. You yeah, know, that doing the right thing behind the scenes. Behind least. the scenes, whether that's donating proceeds of the sales or donating the entire uh, proceeds of the sales, or or you know have programs set up for their their internal community X Y and Z. You know, um, but it's important to see under that umbrella of representation. Talk to me about coming out. What was coming out like for you? Okay, so coming out, that's that's good. So like it was really, really, really hard for me. Um, so I grew up in a very like religious household. Um, you know, we went to church every Sunday. My mom, you know, volunteered all the time at the church. Um, my dad did as well. Like they helped with like the children's, you know, stuff and all of that. So because of that, like I always felt like, you know, being gay was wrong. And it was never communicated to me in that many words. Like it wasn't like this thing where they talked about it that often, but it just was something that I just knew, you know, you kind of get the, um, you get the vibes, you know, with that. It's just like, okay, I'm, you know, part of this religion, this religion says it's wrong. So even if no one within the religion is saying that to me, I just don't feel comfortable or whatever. So it was a very long road for me because of that, because like, I was always like, well, would my mom, would my dad ever accept me, you know, or whatever. So, I stayed closeted for a long time because of that, because I just didn't know, like, how to approach the whole subject. Um, so kind of, I guess, fast forward-ish, uh, my dad suddenly passed away. Um, and then after that, I just felt so much heaviness, because I was like, you know, for one, I never had a chance to open myself up to him. So there was, like, a, this whole aspect of myself that he never got to um, know, he never got to meet me in that context or anything like that. And then on this, on the same token, like, um, you know, he was pretty young when everything happened. I was like, well, life is short and I don't want to, I don't want something to happen to me where I'm not able to live my truth in my lifetime. So that trauma really spurred me on to like, you know, kind of let go of my um, hesitation and my fear and just to come out to my mom and be like, hey, mom, this is who I am. And, you know, this is kind of like what it is at this point. Um the coming out experience wasn't great. You know, she was really um, hesitant, but she's coming around. Like we, you know, talk now and this is like years, years later. Like it's like our relationship's slowly getting better, but it was a little bit jarring for her just because of even the things that she grew up with, because again, she grew up very religious. She raised us very religious and all of that. So it was just something where, you know, she's coming around, things are getting better. And it was hard for me then but it's like now I'm so much happier because I'm able to live my truth and I'm able to um, kind of express myself in a way I was never able to before Um, I'm not sure 
um, you know, what your story was like, but like when you're closeted, it's like, there's, you're like hiding so much of yourself and so much of your self-expression, so much of who you are, you're just like pretty much locking away in a safe. And now that I can live in my complete truth, it's like I've unlocked the safe and I'm like, you know, I'm presenting my full self, um, you know, all the time. And it's, it, I mean, being in the closet is so like, um, exhausting i can't think yeah, of another word but that's, exhausting. A, that's a great point and that's a great way to yeah. put it because i think for the non-lgbtq community out there is that what they don't understand about being in the closet or like why is it such a big deal or something exactly. right because it's all related to sex right it's mm-hmm. just all this one thing like you want to sleep with someone of the same sex or however you identify you know because you are you are different by the world standards. The world standards, right? yeah. So, like, it's just, like, why is this a big deal? Why is coming out a big deal? But it's just, it's more than that. It's more than just me, me liking men, you know? It's, it's, it's an expression. It's, mm-hmm. you, you end up hiding this one thing, but then you, you end up hiding so much more of yourself. Exactly. And, and that release and that, and that weight off your shoulders is is major and is mm-hmm. like nothing else uh, in this experience you know what i mean yeah a hundred percent and it's like because of that like even though i think to people on the outside looking in they're like oh you're only like hiding like 10 percent of yourself can't be that bad but in reality it feels like you're hiding 90 percent of yourself because you are hiding 90 like, you of are yourself. right and you're right? only like kind of like peering out this little 10 percent of like this facade of you know who you think who you think people want to see it's not even who you think you are it's who you think people want to see or who you think people want you to be so you're kind of just like in this charade of it all not really living your life and you know what i was just like it's not worth it to me you know and um you know tomorrow's not promised to any of us so why am i going to live my days on earth like a zombie essentially right so my entire like mental health, quality of life, all the things, of course, immediately have improved. And this was like years and years and years and years and years ago. But one thing that I think a lot of um, people that are not part of the community probably don't realize is the coming out process is, it's a process. It's not just like, okay, I told everyone I'm gay, we're good. It's a whole rediscovery of yourself, which is so important. And then also... Yeah, that was on top of... um, that on top of, oh my God, that's such a great point. That on top of discovering yourself, but then navigating the way people feel around you about that's it. That's exactly what I was about to say, because it's like you re- rediscover yourself, which is important, but then you have to reintroduce yourself to everyone in your life. Yes, the and reintroduction, the but the navigating exactly. their response. That because too, right. not everybody's response is immediately positive, and mm-hmm. not everybody is lucky to have just a positive response period and so that is the, it's it's a journey like there I mean, I'm, yeah. st- I'm still discovering things with my mother my mother is still discovering things like the other day we Same, she, yeah she had a conversation and my mother loves me and i love her and she's she loves oh, the yeah. gay, she loves the gay bar and and whatnot i am very blessed but the other day she had questions about demi lovato being non-binary and what that meant And, Mm -hmm. you know, my mother's a woman of a certain age and from an old school era. And so to wrap her head around that was 
difficult. And I, and I said, yes. that's okay. You're asking the Absolutely. right questions. And this isn't easy for everybody to understand. And, you know, but these are the conversations we need to be having as opposed to you just not having the questions and not asking or forming an right. opinion that may not be based in fact, you know? And that's and- what I agree with 100%. Like, I prefer someone that's open-minded and curious than someone that doesn't ask any questions and it kind of just goes off with their own preconceived notions, whatever those might be. Like, I I think that that's something that you start finding as well when you're in this process. And, you know, I think another thing kind of on the same vein that happens to me um, is because, like, I'm, you know, gay or whatever, people will just, like, ask me questions like that. They're like, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And I'm just like you know what, like at first I'd be like, okay, that's kind of weird you're asking all these questions, but I'm like, okay, wait, these people are curious, they're open-minded and they want to know, they want to think better, they want to be better and I should appreciate that and not just immediately just like write some of those types of people off, yeah, you know? Yeah, there's a fine line here about it is. How, it's such how, a much, fine line. <laughs> how much how much we actually need to be educating you as opposed to how much you need to go find the education education yourself, which is one of the joys of this podcast and talking to amazing people such as yourself in the sense of this is a resource, right? We've heard Mm -hmm. all sorts of coming out stories, uh, right? And you can't really qualify coming out stories as opposed to good and bad because somebody may not have had a great experience, but the glow up may have been amazing Phoenix rising from the ash. So like we're not, we can't qualify coming out stories, but the diverse realm of coming out stories on this podcast, the the diverse realm of people on this podcast is, has become a resource, has become a resource. And like, you can listen and learn Mm -hmm. it. And we talk about everything from trans people to non-binaryism to, you know, gay men to lesbian, to everything. Right. Obviously all centered around, Food, right? And I want to thank you. Yeah, and and I want to thank you for you know sharing that with us, sharing that with me because that's very very special. And I want to take a quick break right now, right, to lighten it up a little and take you to my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the pod. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. A little something we like to call Food News Updates. Food News. Food News. Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. News Updates. American Airlines is desperately trying to offload extra plane wine. Mm, mm, <laughs> no. Mm, 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 mm. No. It, it's probably no plain that, like, wine. Plain No, no plain wine. It's probably some. I mean, are we allowed to cuss on this or no? Yeah. Yes, I, okay. I'm it's like, it's pride. probably some shitty. Yeah, good, good. I'm just like, I don't want to like get you flagged or something. But it's probably literally some shitty ass box wine. Not even like the good box wine, but the shitty ass box wine. They're like, hey, here you go. Yeah. So 
This is an article uh, for some reason that I didn't discover from a couple months back, but apparently because of the uh, the pandemic and uh, the uh, the decline in flying, right? Because we're still course, not yeah. the numbers still aren't up. Obviously, pandemic of it all. Um, and then they had to ban the booze and the drinking, right? There's this oh, yeah, yeah. surplus mm-hmm. of wine. And American Airlines is trying to sell and ship the excess directly to people's homes. The program is called American Airlines Flagship Sellers and will allow <laughs> customers to buy wine by the bottle in custom Those bottles. Okay. Yeah, in custom curated cases or via a ninety-nine a month uh a $99 a month subscription plan. Oh, God. With a um, monthly give that three wine bottles. Away for free. What? <laughs> give that wine away for free. $99 a month? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this wine is worth nine. I mean, I, I have like, not had, I have had okay wine on a plane. I have right. had good wine on a plane. Exactly. Wait, $99 now? Like, what they think it? Three bottles a month? Like, it's like leftover wine on top of that. So that stuff's already old, whatever, whatever with that. But it's like, if they can't unload it, they should be giving it away for free or maybe do like nineteen ninety nine for three bottles. Right? Oh, <laughs> so wait, three bottles? So it's like $33 a bottle? No, no. No. Oh my no. God, no. No. <laughs> I'd rather like go to a wine store and get like a $7 bottle of wine. Like I would be completely okay with that versus a $33 bottle of old airport wine. Yeah, I'm curious to see the the the, the vintages and the vintners, right? Maybe maybe American Airlines has like a secret stash of really expensive wines right. that, that we don't know the, about, you know? The employees are holding out on us on. Right. They're just like, hey, that's for us. <laughs> the rest is for you guys. I don't know. This article is from thetakeout.com. Uh, Thank you, thetakeout.com, for this. But I certainly do not think you or I are here for this at no. all. Mm-mm. Thieves keep stealing this Missouri City's Little Debbie Snacks Cakes. Okay, Little Debbie's, we can work with this. What's going on? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, it might be a good snack cake. Poplar Bluff is a Missouri City and they keep getting robbed of their little Debbie's snacks cakes <laughs> twice in the in the past five months. There has been a major like snack cake heist in this little yeah, town. Yeah, a snack cake thief. Yeah, like just snatching snack cakes. I mean, <laughs> why not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they used to describe me pre-pandemic: snatching right. snack cakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So this small southeast Missouri city, not far from the Arkansas, Arkansas, uh, that's the Brooklyn border, (laughs) has a modest population of about 17,000 residents. Uh, Poplar Bluff has been making a name for itself uh, in this way, right? These little Debbie snack cake thefts twice this year. Storage units in the area have been robbed of their snack cake stocks. That's not easy to say. Um, but that's like, a lot of snack cakes. Yeah, I'm thinking they're going to the convenience store, snatching a couple. No, they're getting like no loads. They're getting whole storage facilities of snack cakes. Like, like what, what are people doing with these <laughs> snack cakes? They're you know, probably like bunkering for the apocalypse. I don't know with their I mean, little Debbie snack cakes. Eight cases of bag donuts, three cases of strawberry shortcakes, two cases of zebra cakes, good, 
three cases of Suzy Q cakes and two cases of unicorn cakes. Also, two cases of birthday cakes and a partridge in a pear Z. <laughs> a, a pear tree. <laughs> I mean, pear Z, why not, right? Right. But like, okay, that is so weird because what are you doing with all these? Like, are you throwing a party? <laughs> like, maybe just like find who's ha- whoever's having a little Debbie party and you'll find the peep, right? I mean, like, uh, still to this day, Food and Wine reports, thank you, Food and Wine, that the Poplar Bluff Police Department hasn't caught these thieves. There are no leads. There are no leads. No leads. Isn't this, isn't that crazy? I mean, like, how how do you get away with this, though? Like, I'm just thinking the amount of snack cakes. You have to have, like, a like a semi or something like that. I mean, maybe a big truck and just like load it up. But who, like someone would see you with a truck full or a case full of these things. I'm I'm assuming, I'm assuming that because it's Poplar Bluff in Missouri or Arkansas or something like that, that there is a lot of space. Like sometimes maybe these towns, maybe these towns uh, have houses and then there's like, a mile or two before you see another house. I'm assuming. I do not know. Um, <laughs> it's just what's coming to mind because it's like, well, then where do you put it all, right? right. So you That's have to have a bunch of land with like a warehouse or a barn or something that you're like hiding this stuff in. <laughs> but like summer's coming, and if you don't have like a uh, like cool dry place to store it all, it's all gonna go bad. Yeah, so, it's gonna all melt. Like what the heck. And I is there is there a resale value on this? Is this like black right. market resale? Oh my god, maybe that's the key. It's like some person that owns like a bodega or some sort of like corner market is just stealing their supply and then you know, reselling it. Because like, right? how else are you going to go through this much supply, right? Like, or is it really like the cartel and they're hiding the car- and and, and, okay. and they're hiding cocaine? In the Little right. Debbie Snack Cakes. Okay, yes. What if it's that? That is it. That is it. <laughs> and they're just getting their supply back by, like, stealing it. Amen. I think, you know what? <laughs> I think In Your Mouth has just turned from a queer food podcast to one of those, like, murder true mystery crime. Pod- true crime yes. podcasts. And we are I, going, you and I, Josh, are going to solve this case podcast. right here, right yes. now. <laughs> we should start one because I'm addicted to true crime podcasts. We should do one. Oh, my God. Like, that would be pretty awesome. Hysterical, hysterical. Well, <laughs> we are we are not here for you th- stealing things in your mouth, listeners, right? But, right. But no, we, we don't are, support that. But we are here, <laughs> I think, for the case of the missing Little Debbie snack cakes. And last but not least, Shake Shack has revealed its new 2021 Pride Shake with proceeds going to the Trevor Project. We love that. That's awesome. That goes yeah. back to what we were saying before with like corporate businesses. This is what it should be. Full and I love Shake Shack too. So support that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you to Chewboom.com for this. But in celebration of Pride Month, Shake Shack is releasing a new limited edition Pride Shake for the month of June and donating 5% of the sale price to the Trevor Project <laughs> with a minimum donation of $50,000. Dollars. The Trevor Project, for those of you that don't know out there, is the world's largest suicide prevention and intervention organization for LGBTQ young people. And I talk about this all the time, that it can be up to 40% of homeless youth in America, 40%, up to Mm -hmm. 40% of youth, homeless youth in America are of LGBTQ um. Define as LGBTQ. So that's like, yep. 
You know, this is important, right? The Pride Shake features a blend of strawberry and blackberry frozen custard and is topped with a mango and passion fruit blend with cream and rainbow glitter. Yum. Okay, (laughs) sounds amazing. Makes me like run out to Shake Shack right now and get one. Right? Shout out to you, Shake Shack. You yes. know what? The the funny thing is, and Shake Shack is not a sponsor of this podcast, but you could find the new Pride Shake. I thought this was interesting. Um, at all U.S. Shake Shack locations, excluding airport stadiums and ballparks. Why hmm. can't why can't we have Pride at airports, stadiums, and ballparks? See, I mean, we might need to do something. We should do like a um. A, what's the word? Not a protest. What is it like? You know, like um, get signatures. What do um, you call it? Uh, oh yeah. Um. What? Uh, the, I like um, blanking. The the the. Oh my god! I'm blanking. What is wrong with us? Oh my gosh! <laughs> the petition. Is... The sign me. Yes. Uh, okay. Petition. The... Yes, that is the word I was looking for. Yes, we should start a petition for airports and you said stadiums and all these other places. Pride shakes. Five percent to the Trevor Project. We need that everywhere. Yeah, honestly. I mean. I mean, I'm curious why that is. I'm uh, I'm curious in in the sense of maybe because it's an airport and it's a concession stand, like the space is more limited, so they can't get the supply there. Okay, that's, yeah, yeah. That's like, what I'm going to itself. assume is mm-hmm. what the reason because they're in these like little kiosks as opposed to a big brick and mortar themselves. Well, right. That they can't really, um, you know, provide supply and keep that supply there. That's what I would assume, as opposed to these ballparks and stadiums and airports being like, keep the gay away, you know? Ooh, ooh, <laughs> that, yeah. I'm going to put a positive spin on that, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll keep it positive for now versus, like, all of a sudden being like, we need a petition. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are here for Shake Shack for sure. Oh, and yeah. listen, if you want to donate to The Trevor Project, I think it's thetrevorproject.com. If I am not mistaken, just Google The Trevor Project. It is one way you can support the LGBTQ community this pride and with that I think it's a great way to end food news update yes that was a good food news update especially because I went two weeks without doing one which is unheard of on this pod (laughs) so um, I'm glad we are back to norm and we are are back to ridiculous food news hopefully that was life changing for you it was, and I'm also glad that we have at least one Pride-themed food news. You know, Pride Month, we have to keep it going, right? Yeah, you know what I was really surprised about? Because usually, and maybe this is uh, leftover pandemic stuff too, is that there's usually a ton of Pride food yeah. or companies doing Pride things in the food news during this month, mm-hmm. and there isn't a lot. Like, yeah. I had to de- do some deep digging for even this one, you know? Yeah, because it could be, like, kind of going back to whole positive spin, whatever. It could be that places are doing things, but it's, like, not enough for it to be a press release because they're so normal now. Like, you know... That's a a beautiful way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, five years ago... Yeah, even just five years ago, which isn't that long ago, it was, like, headline headlines when a place was going to do, like, a Pride thing. But now it's just, like, so normal. It's like, oh, yeah, it's June. Do your Pride stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. What does Pride mean to you? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Pride, to me, means confidence. It means, um, yeah, confidence. And I know that just almost sounds cliche, but... I could say in my own personal life, like that was what I was missing, like in my 
childhood and my teenage years because I didn't have representation. I didn't know it was okay to be the way that I am and to live my truth. And now fast forward to today, like pride to me means confidence. It means being outspoken. It means being unashamed about who I am and then using my platform and my voice, however, whatever that might be, to encourage other people to be the way that they are and to be confident in who they are, um, no matter what that may be. So like, that's what pride means to me, kind of like in a nutshell, confidence. Gay men, gay men to all of that. Hey, yes. Gay <laughs> men. Can I get a gay man? A Can gay I man over here. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Um, what is, you know, you are a man about Philly and the... What what are what's happening in Philly right now? If you had to give me like the top three like kind of top joints three. to sh- to like <laughs> shout out, you know, in Philly. And granted, you know, this is like I was gonna say like to the qualify. whole pandemic thing. It's still like yeah. gee, like it's hard you to know? kind of figure out. Or, or um, what what should people check out if they if they're in Philly right now? Like top three places just to shout out some people and to like support them. Obviously, go out everywhere, support everybody support yeah. the restaurant industry, you know, tip your servers. Hello. But do all of that. But like, yeah. in your opinion, At a minimum, like, do those things. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what, like, what's bumping in Philly right now? So we are reopening, which is great. So I want to first shout out like one of our OG gay bars that, you know, made it through the pandemic. Um, what they were doing was they were kind of doing like an outdoor um drink and snack type thing with music thumping but you couldn't dance but now they're going to be able to start doing some reopening um and that's woody's i'm sure everyone knows it it's yeah. like the most popular gay bar in Love philly woody's. and um just want to you know give them a shout out just because now that they're reopening i want to see them survive i don't want any of these amazing clubs in philly to close right um and then like a couple of other places that are just good food places to go um, there's this really good taco place that's entirely outdoor and, you know, going to be really nice this summer called Juno in Philly. Um, it's a really good spot. And then third one, I just want to shout this place out because it's really near and dear to my heart. It's black owned. I love the owner. And obviously Juneteenth is coming up. So we have to support black owned this um, upcoming, uh, Juneteenth. And Always, it is just a not place on called... Juneteenth. Exactly. Well, for sure. But just, you know, re- yeah. just a reminder it's a place called Star Fusion Restaurant. Um, I love the owner. She puts out the best fried chicken sandwiches you're ever going to have. And, um, yeah, definitely go there this summer. Go there for Juneteenth. Support local. Support Black-owned. Support gay-owned. And, you know, let's have an amazing, you know, what, hot back summer? Is that what we're doing this summer? Yes, because I am... <laughs> hot back wa- summer? I am vaxxed, not waxed, and we're ready for some hey. sad. <laughs> <laughs> I love these t-shirts I see on Instagram, the vaxxed and waxed and ready to go or whatever. And I'm just like, you know what? Let's do this. Hot back summer. We're all here for it. Let's have a good time. I think think that's the title of your episode. Now, you just titled your own episode, (laughs) Hot Vax Summer. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Right, right. Amazing. What's next for Josh Eats Philly? Well, what's next? Um, of course, more of the same. Um, but I just want to continue, like, with trying to find those, you know, LGBTQ plus owners, those black owners. And one thing we're seeing here in Philly, and I'm sure it's probably the same in New York, there are a lot of new businesses opening, like brand spanking new, just because 
you know, sadly, it's almost like the Phoenix rebirth, I think. Sadly, for, due to the pandemic, so many places closed, which is really sad. But the cool thing and kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel, the Phoenix rising is you're seeing a lot of people that are wanting to start their own business, whatever that might be. And, you know, I want to connect with those people and work with those people and give them like a platform using my Instagram or whatever to like showcase their new business. And um, that's, I think, what's next. We're like in the rebirth of Philly. I know there's a rebirth happening in New York and I want to like kind of be a part of that, you know? Um, so yeah, that is what's exciting next. To see. It's definitely it really exciting is. to see. And it's, you know, for as much... Um, uh, as much strife as we have gone through, as much as much devastation as the restaurant industry and just the world has gone through, but specifically we here on In Your Mouth talk about the food industry. Exactly. Um, yeah. We need, you know, we need we need to support them, and hopefully, I I wrote an article not that long ago that hopefully that you know from these businesses that have closed, these people have gone on to figure it out in a different way and mm-hmm. reopen maybe someplace else, you know, to provide yeah. what they were providing and, and show their passion and love for food someplace else and in a different way. What a great day and what a great conversation. Yes. Thank you yes. so much, Josh. Thank you so much for having me. Like, this has been so good. Um, I, huge fan, obviously. So I'm excited to, I'm you know, maybe come back. Maybe we could talk about some stuff later in the fall, see how things are You are always next. welcome here. <laughs> Me podcast, as Sue podcast, I always okay. say, and you are now. <laughs> or we part- start our crime podcast about little Debbies. I mean, that's yes. also an option on the table. That that <laughs> is true crime about the missing case of the little Debbie snacks. Yes. in Poplar Bluff. Right? Oh my God, that just <laughs> with all like, like the title. really dramatic music perfect. of it all. I'm I'm totally yes. here for it. It's the music for me though, right? right? <laughs> Give the kids the handles one more time, please. Let them know where to find you, how they can slide into your DMs and show you some love. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, Josh Eats Philly. And um, I also have a website, josheatsphilly.com. But if you want to contact me, definitely slide in the DMs. I'm I'm always on Instagram, like all of this, right? And um, yeah, if you need food recommendations, general recommendations, whatever it may be, you know, feel free to contact me. Amazing, amazing. Big thanks once again to Josh Moore of Josh Eats Philly. Yes, uh, what a great day out there. Folks, Indie Mouth listeners, it's Pride. It's it's summer. It's hot vac summer. Thanks, Josh, for that hey. one. Hey. <laughs> Go out there. You know, get, get your exercise. Get that vitamin D, you, if you hey. know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> You know, go go hug a vaccinated person, you know, with consent. And right. take care, take that care of yourselves. <laughs> yes, uh, take care of yourselves out there. And as always, happy Pride. And thank you for listening to It Yo Mouth.